it takes the average person who DIYs their name change eight hours to do the research, the paperwork, the emails, the letters, and all the admin needed. And depending on where you live, the options you have for changing your last name after marriage and the process for each company, institution, or membership to enact that change can differ as well. For example, did you know that in California, couples can elect to create a brand new hybrid combination last name when they get married? How progressive and beautiful is that? With all these options and conflicting information, I am so excited to interview Jen from Easy Name Change and for her to share her extensive global knowledge with you. Easy Name Change has been helping newlyweds save hours of research and admin time while changing their names for 15 years now. Jen is going to go through your name change options and the most common choice newlyweds make, the steps you need to take to change your name no matter what country you're in, whether you're going the DIY route or using a name change kit, the three biggest mistakes that Jen sees newlywed couples make. Jen has also offered a special discount for Unbridly podcast listeners. By going to easynamechange.com and using the code UNBRIDLY5, that's UNBRIDLY, the number five, you can save $5 off your name change kit. The link is in the show notes. However, while this episode is packed full of info, how-tos, and a couple of great ideas for those who got married a while ago but never got around to changing their last name, <clears throat> me, what Jen and I didn't touch on was the very human aspect, the reactions and consequences that can come when you choose to change your name. As crazy as it might sound, you may experience some unsolicited feedback or criticism from family who don't agree with your decision to change your last name. It's also not unusual to feel a little resistance while you adjust to your new identity. Changing your name can be a significant transition and it may take some time to get used to. You may need to remind people, family, friends and work colleagues to call you by your new name and it might also take some time for your new name to become established in your professional life and wider network. As always, with all things wedding planning and beyond, open and honest communication about how you're feeling before, during and after the process is key to ensuring that any resistance or resentment, whether it's from you or anyone else, is dealt with in an understanding, mature and calm manner. And it's super important to remember that ultimately, the decision to change your name after marriage is a personal one and you should do what feels right for you and your spouse. So let's get into it. Unbridly is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. Hi, Jen. Hi, Camille. Thanks for having me. Ah, it's a pleasure. First up, why did people used to change their last name? Such a outdated concept in a way. It was always part of property and a settlement between the father and the husband. Uh, and this is what makes name change, I guess, in some way so divisive. That's where we've come from. And that's where the history is. But where we are today 
even though it's tied with this history of wives and women passing ownership onto the patriarchy, people embrace the tradition, but they don't really associate the history with it anymore. It's really all about family unity these days. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. With my celebrant hat on, I think at the moment, and we're recording this in 2022, about 80% of my brides usually would be changing their last name. Is that what you're seeing, Jen? We only get the doers, not the uh, doters. So uh, <laughs> we, we uh, don't really speak to those that don't change their name. But the funny thing is a lot of people will start off saying, I'm not going to change my name. And then three or four, five years later, often they'll change their mind. And no matter where you are in the world, uh, having a baby is often the point where one person in the family goes, you know what, I want everyone in the family to have the same name. I want to have the same name as my child. So even if many years have passed and you didn't intend to change names, it's never too late. Yeah, a big, I don't know, thing that might be misunderstood is that there's no real time limit on changing your last name after you get married, is there, Jen? No, there's not. And you don't need any extra proof or registration or paperwork. So when you get married, you might get a religious marriage certificate or you might your celebrant might be good enough to arrange the official government registered marriage certificate. And that's the only proof that you need to change names. So from that point, once you've got that, you just head on off to update the important records, you know, like driver's license, tax registration, Social Security and Medicare, those types of companies. And no matter if it's been six months or six years, all those companies only need that marriage certificate to get the ball rolling. Yeah, cool. I wanted to ask you, Jen, like you mentioned, you've got the stats of the doers. What have you got there? What can you tell us? Well, it's it's surprising that even though, you know, sometimes we think, oh, this is that dated tradition and I really want to do something radical. At the end of the day, we always sort of bow down to tradition and surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, Australia and the USA are virtually identical in the major trend, which is that 70% of people that do change names will drop their surname entirely and take their spouse's surname. And I should also say that um, the same name change options are available to either spouse, whether you're in a traditional relationship or a same-sex relationship. However, just for generalisation, from our research, we know 95% of people that change names are still female. It is changing, but speaking in general terms, 70% of brides will drop their surname and take their, their husband's surname. And then here's where it gets a little bit different between Australia and the States. In the States, they've got this really cool thing where someone getting married can make their maiden name become their middle name and then use their spouse's surname. And it doesn't require any extra registration. Again, just that marriage certificate. So, you know, I was Genevieve Russell. I'm now Genevieve Dennis, but I can make Russell my middle name and either add it to my current middle name or replace my middle name. That's so interesting, Jen. Yeah, I've, I've had that question quite a bit from brides, but here in Australia, but that's not an Australian option. No. But it is in America. It is in America in all states except for Washington, and it's increasingly becoming more and more popular over the last 20 years. It's grown from something like 5% to almost 20% now of brides choosing to do that. Whereas in Australia, we get asked the same question too, but it's a real pain in the neck because you need to apply for a legal name change with births, deaths and marriages, and that can cost anywhere from sort of 120 up to about $300 in Australia. So most brides just go, you know what, it's too hard. The alternative in Australia, what about 20% of people here do, is they will drop their maiden name 
in official documents of their driver's license, passport, and official identity documents and bank records will change over to their spouses, but they'll still use their maiden name when talking to people or getting articles published or business cards or how they know not work. And we still have about 20% of people who change names hanging on to their maiden name, whether it's in an official or unofficial capacity. That's a really good point, actually, because you mentioned that there were two sort of different sides of the fence, you know, how you can change your name after marriage with no additional paperwork or fees or things like that, and then an actual name change. It's a strange anomaly, isn't it? Because we call it a name change, yeah. but it's actually not. It isn't. It's an assumed name. So the great thing about being on all markets except for the USA, in the USA, when you change names for marriage, it does become a legal change and you can never go back to your former name unless you get a court order or a divorce decree. But in all our other countries, in Australia, Canada and UK, we're really fortunate the married name is an assumed name. And what that means is we're still legally entitled to be known by our birth name at any stage, even if we're still happily married or maybe if we've been divorced and remarried three times since. That's what most people do. But if you were living in Washington and want to make your maiden name a middle name or if you're living in Australia and want to do that, or even if you're living in Australia and you want to blend your surnames together to take part of his surname and part of your surname to make a new surname, you do need to apply for the legal name change. The other interesting one is if you're in Australia, and it's one of the only places in the world, they don't accept foreign marriage certificates. So love to have that dream wedding in Hawaii, but come back and you think you can change your name, but you can't. Again, it's off to birth death marriages for that legal name change. They're quite strict in Australia as to what documents will be accepted. So it's a little bit of research, a little bit of pain, but look, once it's done, it's done. What are our options? Okay, so in Australia, it's the most common one, the dropping your surname, taking the spouses. That is the most popular path with over 70%. We've got about, um, well, actually 90% of people do that, but some of them might use their maiden name at work still. We've got about 5% of people double-barreling their surname. That's where you might be known as like uh, Smith Jackson. You take both surnames. Traditionally, the husband's name will appear last, but that's just tradition. The names can appear in either order, separated by a space or a hyphen, but only about 5% of people doing that, and it is becoming less popular. I guess the reason being when the couple go on to have kids, the kids have neither name. And here's a classic example. I've got a friend of mine, Lane. She married uh, a gentleman, Gomez, and their kids actually got the hyphenated name of Lane Gomez. And they got stopped at the airport coming back to Australia just last month. And they couldn't get on the plane because neither of them could prove they were the wow. kids' parents. So it becomes one of those things where you're the only person in the family that has this different name. So is it the best of both worlds or is it just the most inconvenient? So the double barrel name is definitely falling out of favour, but it's still it's always there. And there's always some people that just aren't quite ready to let go of their maiden name because that's really the only other choice available with a marriage certificate. That's what some people do because there is no other real choice here. Um, and then if you do want something else, if you want to be a bit radical and blend surnames, that is a legal name change. And then we've, of course, of course got the don'ts. People just go, it is too hard or um, I'm too attached to my name or my first name doesn't go with my new surname uh, and they'll just keep their surname as it is. So there's not a great deal of options. Are those options the same in Australia as they are for the United States? No, the US has got that one thing, they're made into middle name, which is fantastic. I'm really jealous we don't have that here in Australia. 
in California, they have a really fantastic one, which is, I think, really progressive. And I'd love to see this throughout the rest of the world. California is the only place in the world where I've seen they let them, if they want, they can nominate a future name that is a blend of their current surnames. And it's not really limited. They can take any part. They can sort of put them almost all together and make two syllables into four syllables or make it into a really squished version. What happens is before they file for their wedding license, they decide what their name will be. And when they file their wedding license, um, you know, maybe it's 90 days before their wedding, they'll nominate what that name will be. And if one partner or both partners will have that surname. And then that's printed on the wedding certificate. And then the wedding certificate can be used as evidence that that's their new name going forward. So I love that in California. And we always have people very interested in that here, but very few people actually go ahead after the wedding and execute it. Shout out to California. That's brilliant. I like that because, you know, you're coming together as a new family unit as well. No matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done. I think it's beautiful. It's creating something very, very equal, which is quite the opposite of what they do in Quebec, in Canada. You still haven't written your vows yet, have you? Let me help. In around 20 minutes or so, you can easily write personalized wedding vows, unlike anything you've heard before, that will make your fiancé feel like the most loved, understood, and appreciated person on the planet. The how to write wedding vows that don't suck. (laughs) Instant download. 17-page PDF ebook walks you through a step-by-step format for your vows. How to find the right words and phrases to describe your feelings and your fiancé. How to write that crucial first draft and create your final wedding vows masterpiece. So if you don't know how or even where to start... If you've been Googling your little heart out, or if you've been calling them wedding vows, A-E-I-O-U, this ebook is for you. Included in there are also some bonus secrets for getting the most out of your wedding ceremony. So make sure you download your copy right now and get Write Your Wedding Vows crossed off your to-do list today. The link is in the show notes. In Canada, they wanted our women to have equal rights, so they just shut down name change and said no one's allowed to change names right? because we don't think it's fair. But what we're seeing happen, I haven't got stats on it, but anecdotally this year I have seen so many more men take their wives' surnames. So we do have the same name change options available to the men in relationships as well, but very few men doing it. And this goes into a really interesting social observation we've had over the last 10 years. We've been polling over a 1,000 Australians since 2013 on their opinions about name change. One of the statements we have surveyed is that it should be socially acceptable and encouraged for men to change names. And in 2013 and 2015, about 50% of people agreed that men should be encouraged to change names. However, in 2019, that really grew to over two-thirds of people now agreeing that that should be the case. And on the flip side, 25% of people would disagree or strongly disagree that men should be encouraged to change their names after marriage. But now that's halved. We're seeing only 13% of people disagree with that statement. So we've come a long way um, and people's attitudes have changed, but it hasn't really translated into the actual act of changing names just yet but hopefully the lawmakers can um, give us a few more options 
so that men do feel more encouraged because sometimes it's not as simple as my name or your name. I love that. We're all about the equality, Adam Bridley. It's heartening to know that the general population out there are sort of leaning in that direction and they want to, um, yeah, they want to share that within their family units. So then we come down to the crux of the problem here, Jen. There's no real one source. I mean, Easy Name Change is the one source that I've been able to find over the years for my couples to help them navigate what they should be doing, how they should be doing it with changing their name. But there's no sort of one government source out there. So I find people go around and around in circles a lot, which is why you're here and thank you again. So what I'd love to know from you, what are the three biggest mistakes that usually females, you're saying 90% at this stage, but possibly changing, make when they're trying to change their last name after marriage? Okay, so it's a big 2022 problem. So this one won't hang around for long, but it's a big one right now. It's getting your passport updated. If you've got any travel booked in the coming months, do not get your passport updated until you've come back from your holiday. You might have enough time to get it done, but if the passport office make a mistake, you might not have time to go back and get it fixed. And the tickets, you know, they're useless if they don't exactly match your passport. So hold off passports. It's totally fine to have all your bank records and Medicare and everything else updated into your new married name but leave the passport for maybe six months or a year until you're ready to get that done because that can cause grief. The other big one is going, this is what our customers hate. They really hate going into, if they're in America, the DMV or in Australia, the driving license offices or even you know places like the banks. You have to go in person. There's no name change service that can help you with that. And nor should there be. You've got to get your photo taken. You've got to have your signature witnessed by staff in those buildings. So you just got to suck it up and go in there but there is nothing more frustrating than getting there and realizing that, oh, I needed something with my current address on it. Or, oh, I only bought a photocopy of my marriage certificate, or I bought the religious copy of my marriage certificate. You have to have the official marriage certificate. It has to be the original one. You have to have your current photo ID. And if anything's changed since then, like your address, you also may need proof of your address. So get your research done. If you're not going to buy a name change kit, then get onto the company's website and really do the research because it's hard enough getting time off work to get to these places. You really don't want to be doing a second trip. Now, the third biggest one, and we come in at the tail end of this and we hear the frustrations, getting halfway through. You don't want to get halfway through your name change and then maybe you've changed jobs so you've had a baby and you think, oh, look, I'll take care of my super fund or my investments or these other companies later because they need notarized or certified copies of my marriage certificate, or I don't have this particular document they need right now, so leave it with me. I'll get that done later. And what I say to all my customers is no, get it all done now. The point of buying a name change kit is to make sure you've got someone like me at the other end pushing you to get it done. You don't want to be coming up for air in two years' time and trying to prove who you used to be because everything else has changed over and you no longer have ID under that common name. So once you commit to it, Take the time to get the whole thing done. Don't get halfway through because it will drive you crazy. So the analogy I make is changing names is a lot like baking bread. You know, you put a lot of time into it and it can still go wrong. I say just go out and buy the loaf of bread. It's not expensive. It's only, what, $3 for a loaf of bread or $35 to get your name changed. But at least you know what, it's done. It's done properly. You've saved yourself a lot of time in the back end. You're done. 
It's just one less thing on that mental load, that mental checklist that we always have to be thinking about. I have to agree because I see it a lot with my couples. You know, I can't talk. Uh, I want to say eight-year wedding anniversary this year. Still haven't done mine. Guilty. You have built a reputation and that's the other big one. People won't because they've got that reputation that they've been indexed on Google and it's so hard to disassociate yourself to that brand. But take my tip, stay Camille Abbott with all your professional life, but maybe for the 10th wedding anniversary, not far away, you can surprise them and just show them, look, leave your ID, leave your Medicare card and your driver's license and your health insurance card on the table and let them notice you've changed names everywhere else. Oh my God, that's so sweet. That's really cool, Jen. Okay. So, okay, we know the biggest mistakes that people make and we know <laughs> that it's easier to go to somewhere like Easy Name Change where you've done all the work, you're going to be saving them hours, but there's still going to be some people out there who go, I just want to do it on my own. What is the DIY option? What do people actually have to do to change their name on their own? So it's a lot of time. So the best thing to do is start by um, getting a checklist writing down every single company you can think of. There's probably going to be about 20 companies, but there's also more and more places like you know, Netflix and PayPal, ZipPay, you know, Google and you know, the Microsoft accounts, all these places where you've just haven't thought about. So you can go and download our free checklist and get all the companies and get a printout of all your unique companies on a checklist, or you can write your own checklist and have your 20 or 30. And look, we've even had some people with 65 different places to update. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. Write them all down and on a rule of thumb, allow about 20 minutes a company. So if you've got 25 companies, it's going to take you eight hours. And that 20 minutes is to get on either live chat or send an email or contact the company and just say, hey, I've just changed names. What do I do? And the company will let you get back to you and say, hey, we need you to send either a letter, a form or an email. Or they might just say, hey, we can do it over live chat, which gets a bit easier. They might want you to call up or go into a branch. So Allow the time to do the research. That might be five or 10 minutes, depending how long they keep you on hold for. And then the next thing you need to do is actually get busy with the paperwork. So you'll need to write a ton of letters, fill out a whole bunch of forms and little tiny boxes with your old and unit. You'll need to write some emails and then also ask for things like, where do I send it to? Get the mailing addresses, the email addresses. And finally, what proof do I include? And some companies are really fussy with this. And so they should be. You might have. $150,000 in superannuation, those companies need to make sure you are who you say you are. So they might ask for certified or notarized copies of your proof of name change, which is usually your marriage certificate. And some might also ask for updated photo. In America, banks almost always ask for updated photo ID. In Australia, it doesn't really matter if the photo ID is in the old or new name. But these are all questions to ask. So get that checklist, get it on the phone and make lots of little notes where you know, that which proof, where do I send, what do I include, any special information I also need to include in the request uh, and then send it all off. Uh, the other big one, of course, is the two or three places you need to go to in person. It's the driver's license. It's the big banks like the ANZs or the, the Commonwealth are in America, the Chase and the Bank of Americas. But there's just no getting around those ones. You just have to go in person. So, you know, um, don't go on a Monday lunchtime or a Friday lunchtime. Maybe just take off a Wednesday morning from work and just smash out all those in-person name changes and just just try and get it all done within two weeks. Because if you start letting it drag out, it'll just be no end in sight and it just sits there in the background as 
something we always have on our to-do list. I think you've just explained why I haven't changed my last name because I'm aware of all the so much research you have to do to change them all and you know you want to do them you know I know it's best practice to do it within a small window otherwise it hangs over otherwise it can cause ID problems in the future um yeah nightmare okay tell us the good news Jen tell us how to change your names through easy name change okay so this is the easiest way $35 and you'll get all the info all the research done for you so it cuts out that sort of 10 minutes per company of getting on the phone, getting on live chat or sending emails. You'll just get that checklist with every single instruction for every single company you've chosen. And we've got over 4,000 companies in our database. So, you know, you're going to find at least 95% of all the companies you do business with are included. So simply check the boxes with the companies you want to choose. You'll get a personalized set of instructions with each one of your companies. Whenever a company needs you to send in a form, a letter or an email, it's pre-written and literally all you need to do is attach the proof that we've listed and send it off. That's it. Of course, you still have to go in person to the driver's license agency and to your big banks, but other than that. So we've actually also got a special offer for Unbridly listeners. So no matter what country you're in, if you go to easynamechange.com and buy any name change kit, in the coupon box, type in Unbridly 5. That's unbridly with a number five on the end, and you can save $5 off any name change kit, and that's valid to the end of 2024. Oh, Jen, it's a no-brainer. That's so good. Thank you. I'm sure there'll be so many listeners who are thrilled to hear that there's a simpler way to do this that might not take out eight hours of their married life. Well, that's the thing. Married life, there's nothing like that first two weeks of newly read buzz. And you sure don't want to be sending thank you cards or changing your name. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And so uh, you mentioned it just then, but just one more time for the kids in the back. Where can people find you? Oh, pretty, pretty simple. www.easynamechange.com. Whatever your country you're in, you'll get rerouted to your local site, whether you're in Australia, Canada, US or UK. That's beautiful, Jen. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on the show. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Unbridly Podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon. <laughs>